I mean, I put butter in coffee before. It just tastes fatty and good. Hello, and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and that weird smirk that Matt just made as I said the intro to the show. Well, isn't it about Marvel movies now? Oh, yeah. This is a show about Marvel movies. My name is Bob. My name is Matt. And we're going to talk about Marvel movies. And this week, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The second volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's very cute. It's very, very little uh, precious title there. Well, the first one, was the first one called Volume 1? No, it was just called Guardians of the but Galaxy. The, yeah, but the mixtape was Volume 1. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're just it's just being very... It is... Yeah. This movie is very... It is very. I, uh... We watched this movie a week ago. I think it was two weeks ago. It feels like I watched this movie in the womb. <laughs> like, it feels like this happened years and years ago. Yeah. And it also feels like the first time that I was really let down by something in the womb. <laughs> it feels like a movie I watched like seven years ago and it was a Chinese dub. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, this is a film. Um, yeah. I, I think it, we would do everyone a disservice if we didn't upfront just clarify I do not think this movie is very good. No, I don't think it's very good either. Um, it is obviously very forgettable. And I genuinely think that it retroactively diminished my opinion of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I would say same. As I was and compiling even the current like- list. Yeah, and I didn't even like it. But I went along with putting it. It's currently at number three. I know. Which is... Having watched this, it feels... This movie just doubles down on everything in that and none of the good stuff it just feels so misguided and it really makes me question the things i liked about the first one and i really liked the first one when we watched it um just like for clarity this uh was also directed by james gunn uh written by james gunn i he had a co-writer on the first one he might not have on this one he claims that he like really rewrote the first one to the point that it was his movie i think but yeah but (sighs) i don't know dude this yeah he um He's like he was like an indie film director. He made like first he was he at first made like a bunch of trauma movies. I think that's how it's pronounced. But like weird horror movies. Okay. Um, kind of almost fetishistic in a way. And then he made that movie with Rain Wilson. I think it's just called Super. That's like a realistic about that take movie. on superheroes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, they got him back to do because they originally fired him from Volume Three, and now he's coming back for Volume Three. And after watching Volume Two, I don't understand why the idea that like. Because he got hired by DC Comics to reboot Suicide Squad mere months after the first movie came out. And well, the idea that you would watch this movie and be like, we got to get that guy. Assuming that this movie is a more accurate representation than the first one of like James Gunn's actual desires as a director is insane to me because this movie just feels bad. Guess this movie's Rotten Tomato score. 45. No, it's 80, 85. That is insane. It is not regarded as one of the better. It's definitely not like people are like, it's not that great. I think among the Marvel movies, it's not it's usually, that great. But like Thor of the Dark World is so much more enjoyable than oh, this movie. Oh, Thor of the Dark World looks like Citizen Kane next yes. to this movie. <laughs> like this movie is not good. No, it's really not. This makes Doctor Strange look like a all-time banger yes like show it in film school quality compared to this thing dr strange love yes like dr strange love (laughs) um sitting Uh, on that for a little while yeah (laughs) marinate on that one audience so are we gonna Uh, recap this sucker this This movie we don't remember at all so the first thing that happens uh is a flashback this will shock you but this this film opens with a flashback yeah and if we remember, I think a quick bit of uh, scene setting, the first movie w- was like revealed that this earthling boy who had been taken when his mom died of cancer when he was a kid, he was taken into space by this like space pirate named Yondu. 
And then a bunch of adventures happened and he met a group of people known as the Guardians of the Galaxy. And at the end of that film, he held an Infinity Stone in his hand and like survived it. And then it was revealed that he's not actually a human. His dad was some kind of alien. Yeah. And so we pick up in the past. In the past, right where we want to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, a, a a digitally de-aged Kurt Russell because they're really running with this technology. I think they, it is very effective here. Yeah, I mean it's been very effective throughout. I think it keeps getting yeah. better. Definitely, this is I think the best effect in the movie because I think that like yeah. Rocket seems worse. Rocket is the talking raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper. The Coops. I think a large part of that though is not even the animation. I just think that like Rocket is just like, uninteresting in this. Oh movie. my god, he's what sucks. a waste of Bradley Cooper. What a yes, it, what a waste of that star <laughs> who was a born. I never thought I would say, but what a waste of Bradley Cooper. <laughs> if you thought that he was limitless, you should see this movie because his limits are readily apparent. Um, so we start in the past. Kurt Russell is driving around somewhere in Ohio. I don't in know the farmland, yeah. the heartland of America, with his hot lady friend and his yeah. hair is a flowing and they they pull over by the side of the road and they go down like into the woods and there's like this weird plant thing that's <laughs> growing it's really strange because he's like ah it's doing well and this woman is just like cool like yeah. she does not seem at all confused by this strange plant off. and also, then the they plant, make out the, the plant looks bad the plant like, does just, look like, bad not good like plant design <laughs> <laughs> it is some bad effects yeah does not look great um so there's this dumb looking plant and then they're making out they're making out and, and then and we, i think it i think that's the end of the flashback <laughs> yeah i think we go into the future and man they have just started to make it so that every single marvel movie it's like the formula is ever present where it's like we start with a flashback and then we show you a movie and then at a certain point about three quarters of the way through we will reference the flashback again Mm -hmm. and that will be like the linchpin of the final act of the film and they just keep doing it and this was the first movie where i was like they shouldn't be doing this you know they don't do it in the good ones though they don't do it they did it in civil war no, Civil War. Doesn't Civil War Civil open War with starts, him jogging? No, Civil, Civil War starts with him punching out the window in the car and killing Tony's parents. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's too bad. It's fine because in that movie, it's good because it's actually like intriguing and it's directed really well and I'm excited. Yeah. In this movie, it's Kurt Russell looking at a dumb plant. <laughs> so that's a little different than a robot man murdering somebody on the street. That's true. Uh, like, there's a significant gap in the interest that is generated by those two events. But don't worry, we're gonna have a really, really impressive uh, tracking shot in our introduction. We to the are. Guardians. There is a. It's not impressive. It's all digital. But like, it's actually, I think, really. Imp- well, something I was thinking while I was watching it is actually this is really impressive animation. That said, the colors I, were nice. Yeah. So okay, what happens is we pan down on our heroes, the Guardians of the Galaxy from last time, which is Peter Quill, the human, not human man, Rocket Raccoon, a talking raccoon who is cybernetically enhanced, Drax, a big strong dude who is seemingly invincible, and uh, Gamora, Gamora, who is like a green lady. Thanos' daughter as well. Yes, but she's not a robot. She's like... No, she's like a just a green lady. She's, she's from green the green lady, lady planet. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also Groot, who is now just a sapling, a, but a babe. Yes, a tiny little plant man. Yeah, instead of the big hulking plant man. But still, they paid Vin Diesel to still voice this and then just auto-tuned him down into a... Up into a... Or up into a, a pitch. Yeah, you yeah. had him inhale from a balloon and talk, <laughs> and they were like, credited. Uh so, yeah, it starts and they're like, we have to do this thing on this weird platform and defend it from a monster. So they fight this big monster. I don't remember there at is, all what this monster The monster has like. got a bunch of tentacles and a big mouth. And there's a music cue that like they've set up a stereo to play like and at the end of the last movie, there was a credit sequence where like baby Groot danced to music. It was, it was endearing. And it was really charming. It was cute, yeah. This movie, 
seems to think that you wanted more of that. And which, that you wanted it right up front and it for it to be three times as long. Yes. This movie... So the first movie has a lot of like 70s jams in it. Mm-hmm. And that's like the thing of the movie, right? Like Peter Quill has this mixtape and it's all these old 70s songs and it's that like... his mom loved. And so it's, a, kind it's, of the emotional, it's the emotional core of the film. Right. And those songs are woven through everything and it was kind of fun because it's a sci-fi movie with all this and, music. But it, it has heart. Yes. Whereas in this movie, it just loses... It has no heart well, anymore. And beyond that... There are a ton of music cues in this movie, of which this opening is the first. Yeah. And they seem to think that in order to get your money's worth, you have to play the whole song. (laughs) So every time they play a song, they play the whole song. And there are just these interminable sequences. All slow motion. All slow motion. They do so much slow motion in order to fit the song (laughs) in. They were like, how can we make this whole song work? Oh, we'll just slow everything Everything down. to a crawl. So, okay, we have this sequence where Baby Groot dances. They show the credits. And it's kind of a fun idea like i it's one of the, it's one of those things where i see it and i go i see why you would and do this. everybody's fighting this monster while groot is in the foreground that's like in the background kind of out of focus you see them all fighting the monster and losing and, and, and like losing, getting beat up and groot is just like dancing Boogie in the foreground in. and he's like and like so chaos is going on around him credits are rolling and it seems like a good idea on but paper. it's not a good but idea. But it's so fucking boring. It's so, it's so dull. And there's no weight to it. It just yeah. feels stupid because you're just like, oh, I have no stakes here. Like, they're not going to die in the no. opening of the film. So, and so, like, if you do this as, like, a quick joke. Yes. It works. But this went on for, like, five or six minutes. It went on for the length of the song. Yeah. So, okay, so we... And then the song pauses, and then they start it up again at yeah, a certain point. Yeah, okay, we get through it. Yeah. They kill the monster. Yeah. Uh, then then, then we find out, we find out that the reason they killed the monster was because Golden Lady wanted them to. There's a race of gold people yes. who are, like, genetic purists like they're kind of like gold supremacists yes like they have like bioengineered themselves to be gold they look like a, a race of oscar statues yes um yes exactly that and Very they're much. led by aisha aisha ayesh gold lady gold lady the gold lady and she thanks them and she's like thank you guys for killing the monster that's what i asked you to do she's very like stuck up yeah because they're the gold people yes uh the so they're like you know they're kind of like slumming it with star lord and company but it turns out that they beat this monster in order to what they won for completing the boss fight was nebula gamora's sister who we remember from the last movie is the other daughter of thanos who is like part robot yeah she's a cyborg she's a cyborg and and gamora and nebula do not get along no they have a lot of sibling tension yes um and while they're having this prisoner exchange where they get nebula rocket raccoon steals batteries from the gold people because in addition to being gold supremacists they are incredible electrical engineers i guess and they have these batteries that are very dangerous because they're highly explosive but very powerful and rocket raccoon being the inveterate tinkerer that he is (laughs) uh steals these batteries and they are caught stealing the batteries and they have to flee the planet. Um, I believe we've had two music cues. I think that there is another music cue as they flee and yes. you're just like, this is a series of music videos I don't like. It is a very long, there's a very long period of time where they are just flying around evading these like, and all of the, the gold people like don't actually put themselves into battle. They just like fly these drones, but they yeah. do it like in an arcade. It's like a video game reference. Yeah. And it's like, it's trying to be cute. Like, cause it ha- there's people like standing around, like cheering them it's, on. It's very much well, like Donkey Kong kill screen coming yes. up. Like that kind of dumb, like arcade stuff, but it's not played quite hard enough. No, or or like familiar enough in any way. Well, like, the, the other thing with these music cues is that if you're going to have all this 70s soft rock, you know what was really like emblematic of that era of music was a lack of hard hitting drops. Like yes. this, just all this kind of mid tempo smooth. And that exactly is exactly what you want a space battle set. <laughs> yeah. To. And like, I can see an argument for, for you being like, no, but there's like a nice dichotomy there, except for there's not when you do it every single time. Yeah. It's just no fun. It, yeah. it, it takes all the like surprise joy out of it. And instead yeah. you're just left with the fact that like, man, I kind of like the music on either side of this more. Yeah. <laughs> like 
historically. Yeah. You know, uh, like if, if this movie wasn't set to this song, I'd be more into it. Definitely. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's like space fighting and I think that they like fight, 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 space, fight, space, fight, space, fight, shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, and they, uh, managed to like get away through like a wormhole or something. I can't yeah, remember. They, it's like, a space jump. Thing. I might be confusing this with the most recent Star Wars. I know. I might be too, because I've been playing that Star Wars video game and I can't remember. A lot of space stuff. They end up on a planet. And (laughs) can I interject quickly with a video game thing? Please. This um, This is a podcast about video games. (laughs) This uh, new Star Wars game, uh, it's pretty cool in many ways. It's definitely unfinished. But there's on the startup screen when you first start it up, they show one of the alien characters who's like a a pilot in the game. But he looks like he looks like a reject Muppet, which is kind of funny in of itself. But the best part is that on the startup screen, it shows you know it shows like the main character in the foreground. Then it's like a series of like of like people posing behind him okay you know like one of those classic like yeah. movie paintings and this muppet guy is just holding a gun but it doesn't look like a blaster it looks like a real gun <laughs> and it is the funniest thing i'm gonna show it to you later all right it is I the funniest thing. he's just he's just holding this gun that looks like a real gun just he brought a handgun <laughs> yeah. like so it's like it's like to a blaster with, fight like people with lightsabers and their own darth vader's adjacent helmets and then just this Muppet with a Glock. <laughs> All you who, have, who are listening to this and have played this game, you know, you must know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the thing that they never address in Star Wars is that an old, like, combusting bullet handgun is still just as effective as a blaster. Yeah. Like, that's that's actually, I never really considered that. It just like, doesn't cauterize you when it goes through. Yeah, and you couldn't flip it back with a lightsaber, so it actually it's might true. be the most it effective weapon effective. in the galaxy. <laughs> 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 a Muppet uh, with a Glock. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, back to this. They jump through a wormhole, and they get away from the gold people. Um, and But the ship is damaged, and they end up crashing into this random planet. Like, they barely all make it away with their lives. Except, of course, they actually make it away with their lives. No one's going to die in this opening section. Even And, like, this is one of those things where it, like, kind of destroys your understanding of what everyone's superpowers are. Because Drax is literally, like, dragged through trees and along the ground. Oh, yeah. And, and, but you're like, didn't Drax get, like, stabbed in the last one and almost die? Yeah, and there's, like, the implication that, like, Drax is, like, taking risks when he does things it's like no Drax don't jump inside of that monster yeah. and fight it but it's like he seems literally Lit- invincible this would imply that and also it would imply that Gamora is as well yeah like there's no reason to be worried about anybody in this film and it's just it, except for like I guess there is but then if they were to be killed if any of these characters if either Gamora or Drax ever die it must be they must like literally be nuked because there is no way Gamora like is dragged along the ground alongside Drax uh-huh. and for like miles uh-huh. and they both come out unscathed. Totally fine. I just uh, it's mind boggling. Uh, I just can't imagine writing this movie because especially because there would just be parts in the script where you just go like music cue. It's just it's like a cartoon, but in the worst way. Agreed. Because uh, there's no weight to it. No, there's no weight to the animation. Like all the special effects are impressive, but they just lack punch. Yeah. Um, so they're all hanging out on this planet, and do uh, we do we go to like the egg ship shows up? Yes, this weird egg ship that they saw briefly when they were going through the wormhole is that shows it? up. Because I think that that ship like neutralized all the gold people who were chasing. Yeah, them. I think that it was like a Galaga like screen clear. Yeah, and then at this point. Uh, Kurt Russell emerges from the ship with a Flesh, bug lady, fleshy bug lady. <laughs> she fleshy has bug lady antenna. is her name. She does. She has yeah. antenna, and I'm sure that there is a lot of very interesting content on Deviant Art. I thought the exact same thing about this about, one. Yes, it and is. She is it like tailor made, yeah, for that purpose. Well, especially, and she is like. Kurt Russell's subservient mm-hmm. bug woman slave. I will say she's actually maybe my favorite character in this movie. Though. I'm not going to disagree with you there. Yeah. She's kind of like a breath of fresh air just because she is not constantly trying to be funny. That's true, though. She is funny. She is funny, they, but she's not trying the all the best time. moments with her and Drax like, yes. are some of the funniest actual material in the movie. And I guess a note on Drax. 
one of the best characters in the previous movie. Oh, terrific. And just like, they clearly knew this and they lean into it a little bit too hard in this movie. He's He's still still very good. He's still very good, but like they, he just talks a little bit too much. Well, they just keep, whenever they need the laugh, they just go back to the Draxwell rather than thinking of something funny for somebody else to do. Yeah. And that's just not going to, that's not going to do it. Yeah. So they come out and Kurt Russell immediately is like, Hey, Peter, uh, Peter Quill, the main character of these movies, supposedly, uh, (laughs) allegedly, allegedly played by the worst Chris. And, uh, he comes out and he's like, Peter, I'm your, I'm your dad. Papa Kurt. And if we recall, like Peter Quill's kind of like had daddy issues, like everybody in the Marvel movies, uh, for a while. So he's like, I, I don't even remember. You know, I don't remember how he reacts because this movie is he so is, interesting. He's sort of like wary of it. But then they're all like, but like, if he is your dad, you should pursue it. So then Kurt Russell is like, dude, we're going to my planet because I've got a planet. For it's like, a sweet what? planet. So, so Drax. He, and I think he introduces himself as Ego. Yes. He, like Kurt E-G-O, Russell is named Ego. Like, yeah ego yeah there's probably a freudian deconstruction of this film somewhere uh-huh. but, <laughs> uh in any case he invites <laughs> them back to to their planet but rocket's like i gotta keep working on our ship because we can't just leave the ship here right and uh groot decides to stay with rocket because they're they're buddies and for some reason everyone's like we'll just leave nebula the one who hates all of us and wants to kill all of us she's with like you, chained rocket. up yeah like in the ship yeah so okay is this when we cut Yes. We cut to a robot brothel where Yondu, the blue skinned dude who raised Peter Quill because he captured him when he was when Peter Quill was a child. Yeah, the space pirate from the previous one, played by Michael Rooker, who is one of the most intimidating people. Have you ever seen Henry a portrait of a serial killer? No. I've never seen the entire thing. I've seen clips. I've never been able to watch Michael Rooker and anything else and not immediately think of him in that movie. Okay. Did seeing Yondu zip up his pants in a brothel full of robot sex women change that? That seems like a scene from Henry portrait of a serial killer, (laughs) except for they would all be dead. Well, they kind of are because we see one of these robo prostitutes like power herself off and it paints a very dispiriting picture. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So anyways, this is a cartoon kids movie. Again, this is like the main thing that my issue with this movie is that this is a movie in which this dude is like banging robots very like explicitly and then most of the humor in it would be a little lowbrow and dumb for an eight-year-old. When you think of like the upcoming 24 jokes about that one guy's name. Oh, that they God, keep we're going to get there. To, we're going to get there. Yeah. And then that's in this same movie. Neither of these things are good. Like the robot brothel is like not done. In, if there's an int- there's maybe an interesting way to do <laughs> robot brothel. I think that like AI, the Steven Spielberg movie did a robot brothel. Probably. But like... This is not it. No. So he's in the robo brothel and it seems like things are not going well for him because he's part of like this group of space pirates. But at this point, they're like, Yondu, you screwed this up. You let Peter Quill get away, blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, They're not happy with him. No. And they're run by Sylvester Stallone. Also, he's like the the big boss. Yeah. Like this pirate crew is run by, again, Sylvester Sylvester Stallone Stallone. playing Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Slurring his way through every scene that they give him. Which is really just two. And one of them, he doesn't even talk. Kind of. He has one scene in which he speaks. He maybe has like like a total of four lines in this entire movie. I didn't understand any of them. No, I don't recall what he said. We turned on the subtitles for him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Sylvester Stallone is there on this this weird planet, the sex with, planet. With, the, with the robot this prostitutes, backwater robo prostitute planet. Um, and everyone's like kind of hanging out, and then Gold Woman shows up. Yes, and there's like an entire joke about how she has like this this Courtesans that like roll, court- a roll a carpet underneath her, her, and it's like it gets stuck at some. It's point. It's a joke about how interminably long it takes for her to go anywhere because she doesn't walk on the ground; she walks on this carpet. Except that. It's not quite good enough and you're not like really primed to love it because the movie itself is interminable. Right. And yeah. And so you're just like, God, this is taking a long time rather than it being something funny. Maybe it's a self-aware commentary on the film itself. I don't know, dude. Um, but she shows up and she's like, Hey, Peter Quill stole some batteries from me. 
I want you to find him and get my... Does she even want the batteries back or is she just like vindictive? I don't. Because like they have so many of those batteries. Yeah, I think I think it's a little column A, a little just like B. Yeah, just like you don't steal from the gold You people. don't steal from the gold people. Yeah. I mean, that's just rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> um, so uh, Yondu and crew are like, yeah, we'll go hunt down Peter Yeah, and Quill. Yondu is like, I will business. reclaim my place in this crew by being the one to lead this. Like, I'm going to... I'll do it. So Yondu sets out to go do that. He finds Rocket's ship, like, yeah. where Rocket is. And, he, like, he and his men are, like, sneaking up on the ship, but it turns out Rocket anticipated this, so he set a bunch of traps. Rocket's, like, knocking out bad there's guys. There's a music cue, I think. There's, no, the, the, there's been two music cues, at least, <laughs> by this point. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's, like, again, the full song plays while Rocket is, like, trapping these guys, and we're just, like, we know that Rocket's not going to literally disable everyone in this crew. Yeah, and, like, it's there's just, potential like, a for it to be fun, but it's just slow. But it's five minutes of it. Yeah. And then, this movie is just so, so strange. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, eventually, Rocket is, like, caught, and then, I can't even remember what happens. Yondu, like, captures Rocket and Nebula? No, Nebula, like, sneaks up and saves Rocket, because she gets out. She doesn't save Rocket. She she sneaks up, and she ends up working with, uh, a... There's a mutiny, because everyone's <laughs> like, we don't... Hey, if we get... Actually, Quill's not here, but I don't even trust you if we did get Quill. Yeah, so but, like, they, he's they not even here. You gave us like, bad Yondu, information. you like Peter Quill too much, because yeah. you're, like, his surrogate father figure. So then they mutiny against they him. mutiny against the him. The mutiny is led by a man named Taserface. Taserface. The movie seems to think that this man's name being Taserface is the peak of comedy. Like, you get the sense that they wrote this in the writer's room and they were like, I can't even believe we thought of this and we got to milk it for all it's worth. I I would bet that there is at least 90 seconds in this movie of Rocket Raccoon yes. laughing while yes. saying Taserface. I can't believe his name is Taserface. Yes. Like, it is the same thing over and over, over and over and again. Over. They don't build on the joke. No, they, they just, just return keep to saying it. it. Like, later on, he introduces himself to the gold lady, and it's a callback to this because he's like, I remember the name Taserface, and gold lady, like, snickers, and we're all supposed to be like, oh, it's such a dumb name. But, dude, this is a game where the... I mean... Okay. <laughs> This, this is, is not a game. <laughs> this is real life. But this is a movie where there's a talking raccoon. And this meant like, do they even know what a taser is? Right. It makes no sense. It just is not funny in the slightest. It's just not funny as a name either. No, like, it's like, just not funny. And it's like the sort of thing that I think a five-year-old would find funny. Does a five-year-old know what a taser is? I, um, <laughs> this is I've trained my child. <laughs> um... They're ready. Uh, but no, I have no idea. It makes no sense. And yeah. I hate it. I, I hate it so hate much. It. And so they're, they're really leaning onto this taser face joke. But then, is that when... That's when Nebula like comes in. She's she like, escapes. Yeah, and she decides that she will help. I think that there's like someone who's on Yondu's side. And then like yes, Nebula, there is. Nebula kills the- him. And is just like, no, taser face is leading this mutiny and I'm going to help him and I'll help you guys if you give me the means to find my sister. She'll help Rocket. No, she'll help she'll help uh Taserface. Cuz Rocket and Yondu are thrown in jail. So oh, they go back yeah, up, they're they thrown go back in jail. Up, they're thrown in yeah, jail. Yeah, they go back up to the space pirate ship and Yondu and Rocket are thrown in jail with uh I think everybody just ignores Baby Groot. I can't remember. Yeah. He's there too, but like Oh, no they're all they're all being a jerk to him. They're oh, like okay. pouring beers on him and stuff. Okay, but they're not threatened by him. No, but they're like they're being mean to yeah. Baby Groot, and we're meant to be like Baby Groot is my favorite part of this entire movie. Which I, at this point, I hate Baby Groot because yeah. they're just leaning so hard on Baby Groot. But oh, fine, leaning so hard on everything. Like, yeah, dude, they just everything stretched was everything to its okay limit. About the last All right, one. so we got to so move. They're back up, they're back up on the ship. Um, and, and, and Nebula, point, Nebula's like, oh, and they're, and they're also throwing out everyone who is on Yondu's side, they're throwing out into space. Yeah. So we just see all of these bodies like crystallized and floating the in space, vacuum of space foreshadowing much. Um, because it's like, it lingers on them for so oh, long. They, they probably while music plays. There's some, yeah, probably <laughs> there's some murder. So, uh, but then Nebula is like, okay, I helped you guys with this. It's unclear what Nebula actually did. She's like, can I have like a space pod? And so I can go find my sister. Cause I want to kill her. And so she leaves. Yeah. 
Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, on the planet Ego, which is named which is, the same thing as Kurt Russell ego which i guess you're just supposed to believe is a result of his ego well no or it's, whatever. it is but, but like, it's also because he made the planet we learn as we learn later yeah a little spoiler there um <laughs> sorry so they, they go so they're so quill gamora and drax are on ego's home planet with ego and mantis and uh uh I, I everyone's like kind of getting along i guess yeah Quill's dad is like he's like hey quill come with me or you know he plays catch with him remember there's that scene they where play, they, well no what he does is he goes like i am a god small g and i have created this planet and i have created like like this is my life's work is like making this planet and my goal is to like I don't know, make this shrine to myself kind of. Yeah. And then he's like, you Peter Quill as my son have the ability to also be a God and you like will, these celestial you will be powers. immortal. And he like shows him how to like manipulate the planet's force. And that takes the form of a glowing blue ball. <laughs> and then they have a catch, which would be, I see that I see there's a way on paper uh-huh. that this is really good, uh-huh. but it's not, it's not. And they don't like, it's just not. This is not good. It's bad. It's like the scene is is also again too long mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and it's like ill defined powers. Well, and that's but like I the worst part of it because it's like he is omnipotent and yeah. this is omnipotence and blah blah blah. So, so Peter think- Quill though is like finally like the dad I never had, and he's also meanwhile kind of macking on Gamora, and that's still like that's a will they a won't they situation, which he's I think kind they of leaning literally, into. Yeah. They literally reference Sam and Diane. Yeah, I was just like, saying, yeah, yeah. There, which is like okay. Because the part of Quill that I actually like is the idea, like, what if Peter Quill is just totally stuck in his references and stuff? Yeah. You know what I mean? But they just don't actually do that enough to the way I want it to be. I mean, there's that pit, there's that, and they don't quite, so there's that bit where, where Quill is talking about how, like, when he didn't have a dad in school when he was growing up, he just would tell everybody that his dad was David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And so there's all these jokes about that. It's also never addressed. They miss an opportunity to address, like, does Kurt Russell yes. exist in the MCU? Yes. Like, is he Kurt Russell as a person? Yes. Yeah. And, like, there's so much that you could play with there. Yeah. Like, and especially for something that's so fourth wally and weird. Yes. Like, it just seems like there's missed opportunities. And instead, right. it's just like, ha, huh, David Hasselhoff, that's funny. <sighs> like, he's a, he's a funny, like, reference that we can yeah. make. I mean, he brought down the Berlin Wall. Yeah. <laughs> never forget. Um, so. At this point, does he? I think so. I think that he reveals. He takes him to like this museum. Uh, Ego takes Quill to this like weird museum to full himself. of like precious moments figurines generated by computers. They're so eerie. Looking. They are so weird. They looking. are as disturbing as precious moments figurines. Like, Ego, it I is can't tell critical to notice. Ego has terrible taste. Yeah. He has used his godlike powers to make the ugliest place in the world. Um, or on, on, on any world, in any apparently. World. Yeah, in, in the universe. In the universe. The, yeah. his, his taste is garbage and also seems very influenced by the United States circa 1978. <laughs> um it's weird he so yeah there's like there's like all of these dioramas that he set up and it like shows him meeting quill's mom and how he fell in love with quill's mom and he had to leave earth behind and he had to leave quill's mom behind and he like because he has to return to ego ego or or he dies but he knew that when quill's mom died he's like i sent yondu to and you you had predicted this yes but he was like i sent yondu to to find to find you and bring you to me yeah um, but yondu failed but to yondu do that. failed to do that it's a little bit more of this story maybe um again there's so much of this that like kind of could work on paper there is a movie in this movie yes this yeah. movie is not that movie no. uh meanwhile nebula shows up on ego yes and, and gamora is just like wandering like we're taking a walk and Nebula just like literally flies out of the clouds and starts shooting at her in this spaceship. Yeah. And there's a long fight that like goes underground and stuff and they're fighting. And I don't know if Nebula's revealed it at this point, but at some point, I don't care when this happens in the chronology of the film, yeah. she reveals that like she and Gamora, Thanos made them fight all the time and she never beat Gamora. And every time she lost, Thanos would replace a new part of her with a robot part to like make her better for the next time they fought. And, 
Again, she continues to lose in this fight with her and Gamora. And is this where they find all the bones in the planet? Yeah. So they, they find all they're the like way underground. Way, they're underground. They've just been like smashing through stuff, fighting. Uh, yeah. And, and Nebula's just like, I hate you. And Gamora's like, I don't hate you. Why can't we get along? And then they find like this mountain of skeletons. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that's not good. No. Uh, meanwhile, Drax and the bug lady are not actually falling in love, but are becoming friends in a, a, in a weird platonic yes. way that is actually kind of charming. It is. It's very because, sweet. like Drax's whole family is dead and you know, he, he's like loyal to his wife and it's fun. He also, there's a lot of jokes about how he finds like Mantis very unattractive. Like repulsive. Repulsive. Yeah. Which is fun. Which is like, yeah, it's, and it's like. It does it because it drives home the fact that their relationship is not based in any way. No, it is sex. just like an yeah. actual friendship, which yeah. is kind of. But they're both really awkward people. They're both kind yes. of like very emotional. They low emotional intelligence. Well, and then the bug lady can feel people's emotions when she touches them. Actually, that's a good point. She so has she has maybe emotional. the highest yeah. emotional intelligence, but she's an empath, I guess. Yes. Literally, um, it's still unclear. Do we ever find out why she's why she's with Ego? Because he like he made her maybe I she's like not able to not be there I think that he might have made her I think he might say that yeah it's I don't I don't get it I can't I couldn't understand like whether there was like a race of people that were like her I don't know about whether he was just like I always wanted a bug lady friend (laughs) smoking hot bug (laughs) babe (laughs) bug babe Um, so so but they have this like friendship but then mantis is also like clearly unsettled by something she is trying to tell drax like a warning or something but but never getting it it out right yeah yeah yeah. um and drax is his typical kind of like oblivious oblivious self. self yeah Meanwhile, there is a prison break. Rocket and Yondu escape. Well, do you remember how they escape? No. It's another long sequence. Is it music? Where, yeah, there's music. Oh, actually, Baby this was Groot, sort of funny. But it still goes on way too long. Yeah, but it's like, of Yondu, all the dumb ideas in the movie, this one kind of plays a little bit. Yeah, it's like the better cartoon aspects of yeah. it. So Yondu has that dumb, dumb, uh, <laughs> like, arrow thing. I also just realized something that we got wrong previously, but I don't even want to correct it. What? It's not that it's so what what so Yondu when when they capture they capture a uh, rocket right and Yondu's like I'm gonna do what I want with Quill and you're all gonna listen to me because I've got this arrow that can kill all of you and he's like threatening them with oh, the they arrow like break his, his no then it's it's Nebula who sneaks up on them and she shoots the top of his like his uh, weird like hairpiece off he has like a metal mohawk that lets him magnetically I guess control his, his, his dumb his arrow that he arrow that to. goes through people's brains so anyway they're up in the prison and they're like baby Groot we need your help can you can you get Yondu's hairpiece get the more powerful mohawk oh he's got a more powerful one right and the other one was destroyed dumber looking it's it's hideous everything about this aesthetically is just like oh yeah this is trash uh, like I get the sense that the people who designed all the other things in this world think that we think that Ego's planet looks sick yeah you know what I mean like it's all just like without t- any taste um so anyways, he's like, there's a way dumber mohawk that's more powerful. And, and it's like, why didn't you just use that prototype mohawk the all the time, bro? And so, yeah, <laughs> they, it they, really they, dumb. They, they like say they like are describing it to, to Groot. And so Groot's like, yeah, or, you know, he doesn't talk. He says, I am Groot. And he goes off to get it. And, and he keeps comes, bringing them keeps, other things. And he, bring, he like, brings them stuff. a human toe, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny. There's it, I think that it is good, but it like it ruins the rule of threes insofar as that this happens. Like there's like eight things that he brings back that are not right. Well, and it's still it can be funny if you keep going. But the problem is the movie is interminable. So you, yes. can, you can't do long jokes. Yes, it's the same reason that the taser face thing does not work by sheer like i don't even know what you would call that like force of will where but you it's just, also just a bad joke yeah um so anyway uh baby group goes back for the last time no but remember the thing that happens is that that other dude played by uh sean gunn's brother oh who yeah. is who yondu's like second in command yeah who is uh what's his face from gilmore girls that guy from that Gilmore Gil- Girls. That, yeah, the guy from Gilmore Girls. The weird looking dude whose name I can't remember, but who yeah, lives in Stars Hollow. Um, in his <laughs> And was abducted actually, by I really, Yondu. I really like him in Gilmore Girls. I like the idea that this exists in, in the, the world of universe. Gilmore Girls. That's something that this movie could do yeah, and it, it could be really it charming. It actually is. And it could and yeah, is that like they actually abducted that guy because he is weird enough that he could like yeah, I don't know. It could all work. It could all be of a piece. A unified... That's the true universe. Yes. Is the GGU. 
Um, um, damn, I can't remember his name. It's driving me crazy. It doesn't matter. No, but he's he's in this movie. He's also he's James Gunn's brother. <laughs> it's, it's, his name is Sean Gunn. So uh, so he like gets a bigger role in this because his brother got hired to do this one too. He's definitely going to be somewhere in the Suicide Squad reboot. I hope so. He's probably playing Harley Quinn. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dreams do come true. So he's like he's always been sympathetic to Yondu. So he finds the thing and like helps Groot and brings it back and they're able to escape then they literally kill everybody on board with the stupid arrow thing just flying through the ship and that's when Taserface like calls the gold people yeah. and is like another Taserface joke and then there is like the like rocket and like Yondu are like we have to jump through warp time or whatever i don't even remember and this. then there is this insufferably long sequence where they are like jumping at light speed and it is distending their faces i forgot all about and they this. cut to it multiple times as though it's so zany it, it is it, it is, is it's so bad it looks like something from ren and stimpy it looks like something on snick it, no it looks like in Mario 64 when you could bend his face around <laughs> yeah. and you were like this is the height of entertainment. But that was actually the height of entertainment. But that's because you could actually physically do it yourself. This is just like having that effect. It's just so stupid. So anyways, they jump through space. It's dumb. Uh, they are going to Ego, right? Yeah, it's like, I don't we'll know how save our somehow friends. they know that, I forget that they're what on Ego. Right. I don't, they they're, figure they're that. It doesn't matter. Um, um, at this point, Ego... Like, I don't know if Bug Lady, like, tells them that, like, they can't trust Ego or whatever. I don't think she ever even says... I, mean, I think she, she does. Out, she does right? it at some point. But at this point, Ego is, like, kind of on his shit. And so he, like, reveals to Quill. He's not, like, he's like, not only did I impregnate your mom, I actually, you know, I bedded quite a few aliens in my day. This movie... Which features the taser face joke, which thinks that a raccoon's face being squished around is worth cutting to repeatedly because you, like a small child, will be delighted by the mere fact that his eyes are big. <laughs> this movie is about Kurt Russell banging every species in the universe and planting a flower on their planets. It's not a metaphor. No, we saw the flower in it's the very beginning of the movie. Flower. Yeah. But he is also impregnating all of these aliens. I, you know, there's there's the opportunity to do something interesting here with like talking about how like it's actually not just sex that impregnates some aliens. That there's like some other. I way don't that, like. Want, there's a species. I don't. I don't know. There seems like there'd be a fun joke there. For Dra me. Drax asks outright if Ego has a penis. <laughs> that happens in this film. That does. Yeah, that I happens in this that film. Um, that but, happens in this film. <laughs> In any case, uh, he's 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 talking about this, and he's like, also, I put these flowers on all these planets uh, to terraform them. Or I guess he says he says, and Yondu brought me all of the children from all of the planets, but like none of them had the abilities that you have. You're the only one who also has these yeah, god who actually celestial, inherited my power. Yeah, these, my genes are apparently not that great, um, but like they passed down to you and. Quill is kind of like his eyes have gone weird. Well, no, he like he puts Quill into like a trance. Yes, where he's like, "See the glory of the universe. You could be all of this." So and Quill is going along with it, and they kind of combine their powers, and these flowers across the universe start terraforming the planets just they're murdering on, including people. Earth. Yeah. So you have all of these scenes of people just dying. Yeah, just like in the most and awful like ways. This molasses that comes out of the flowers. Yeah, it's like like people really die. Oh, people die in this one. Yeah, it's just it's it's weird and it's probably set to an Almond Brothers song and like I just don't remember it. Like <laughs> Almond Brothers would be too slamming for this soundtrack, honestly. That's true. So then uh, the Carpenters <laughs> maybe. Uh then at this point Ego reveals that he gave Peter Quill's mom cancer. Yes. And he this, says he says that he did it specifically because he actually did like her, but that was going to be a problem. So yeah. she was a distraction, so he gave her cancer. Not the easiest way to get rid of a distraction, like kind of a No, kind of a slow, slow burn. burn. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, like Ego at, so, so at this point, Peter Quill goes like, you killed my mom. He snaps out and of the trance. Good God. Actually, you know what's amazing about this movie is what little character work they do with Peter Quill. Zero. They're Peter relying has on like everything no from the previous time film. in this film. You don't, you don't, there's no talk about his mom or how close he and was I to his mom, which does, is the, does, all the work that they did in the previous movie. Is this where Ego destroys his Walkman also? I can't Probably remember. Probably in here. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, he does. So, okay. At this point, 
there's uh, this thing. Everybody's fighting ego. Rocket shows up. He's shooting things on the planet. Peter Quill is the only one who can destroy the thing because he's got to like go into the brain of the planet. So it turns out, yeah, that Ego's brain is inside the planet. And all those bones, incidentally, were all of the failed children, yes. just so you know. Yeah. Uh, so um, there's so like everyone's Ego's like, okay, I'm just going to destroy you all because no one's wants to play terraforming with me. No one wants to me. party. <laughs> no one wants to play Sim Planet with me. Yeah. Uh, so he's just fighting everybody that's fighting, fighting, fighting. Then also the gold people are like... Hey, we're still angry and we're here now too. We're going to like, we found out that you're on this planet. So they come in and rocket everybody. They can blow up the planet with the batteries. The batteries, the batteries are so explosive. So, but no one can get to the brain. No, because it's like in this like tiny crevasse, except for, uh, I guess a tiny crevasse is kind of an oxymoron, but it's in this, like you have to like crawl through all of these, I don't know, like tunnels. Yeah. And only Baby Groot can fit. So Baby Groot is, there's a lengthy thing where Rocket tries to instruct Baby Groot on how to set the detonator and you go like, why are there two buttons on the detonator? Which does look kind of like an NES controller because this movie is all references. Uh, Anyway, so he has to press one button, not the other one. And you're like, well, he's definitely going to press the right one. They're not going to kill Baby Groot, so why? Why? Are it's we one of those game? things where at this point, I, I forget when it happens, but like the timer on the bomb is six minutes or something, and yeah. I literally thought, "Damn it, that means this is going to take another six minutes." Yeah. Uh, like, because there's no way they're not using that in real oh, time. Oh, dude, yeah, they're they're cranking a jam yeah. right when that thing kicks off. <laughs> also, the worst thing that could ever happen would be that like Stairway to Heaven starts up, and you're just like, "They're going to play the whole thing." Aren't yeah, they? it's Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. <You're> like, oh, <laughs> they won't cut a second of it. <laughs> <laughs> um man i wish this movie had something as ripping as either of those songs i know well, that would have been a plus uh anyway baby groot has to set the timer he sets the timer everything is fine <laughs> there's that long joke about like tape does anybody have tape which is almost a funny joke too but it's still like a little all the, they love the they've long lost, joke they've lost the goodwill yes. to do the long yep, jokes yep, though yep. Okay, so anyways, they blow up the planet. Everybody's escaping, and through a series of events, Peter Quill is outside in space with Yondu. Like, Peter Quill's left. Everybody else gets away oh, in the ship. Oh, and they're wearing, like, rocket belts. So, and Yondu all, is, like, flying so, into space so, with Peter Quill so to escape. So, they're the last ones. They barely make it out, and they're flying to space to escape, and they've got... And Yondu has... Again... Yondu's the space pirate who is his surrogate dad, who we now realize saved Quill by not bringing him to Ego because he knew that Ego was a bad dude. And they have a heart to heart and it's like, you're my real dad and you're like, okay. And then Yondu's like, I only have one spacesuit though. And he gives Peter Quill the spacesuit, goes into space and Yondu freezes. And this is the point where you go, this movie thinks I care a lot about Yondu. Yondu. And this is Michael Rooker's movie. Yes. The, the, the subtitle of this film could have been like, you like Yondu. <laughs> and the truth of it is, I don't care about Yondu. He was maybe my least favorite part of the first movie. And they cash in all that bad will with a seemingly 45 minute funeral ceremony. I think it's actually 20 minutes. Of various various memorials about Yondu, and like Yondu, including a fireworks display <laughs> that literally goes on for as long as a Fourth of July it fireworks is real display time. would go. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone flies a fleet in. Ving Rhames is in this movie yeah. suddenly as a pirate. Yes, Ving Rhames is in the in the movie, and also um, the uh, the Chinese actress from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yep, yep, is in it. They're like in it. They don't speak. They're pirates. Yeah, they're pirates. But they're just like additional pirates. Like you could, they would be credited as like Pirate Six. Yeah, and but it's clear that they're trying to set something up for Guardians Three. I guess I. But it goes on forever, forever. and you're just like God. I just and the, they give they give uh, Sean Gunn like the the guy who like was sympathetic to Yondu so much screen time, and you know it's one of those things where you go like, man, this is like this has to be near the end of the movie, but like this, we just can't end on this incredibly boring funeral. And then there's like a light joke cut mm-hmm. to credits. And that's actually the end of the movie. And at this point, okay, let's, let's also, talk about one how we feel. The, one of the, this is one of those movies where the post credits also mean so little and there were to the world it, it was, and there were so it many was so of them. funny because I, we were like okay there was one and i was like well they're not going to do another one and then they did another one and i said 
I physically said, I was like, they're not going to do another one. They're not going to do And then they did another one. And then they did another one. There are four, I think. Yeah, there are four. And none of them actually mean anything. Oh, God. They're all just like, you love these characters. Here's more of them being And they're not even like a meta joke, which it could have been a meta joke on post-credit sequences, which if they're going to do it in any of the Marvel movies, this is the movie to do it in, right? But they do not cash that in. It totally sucks. God, I dislike it um okay so what did you think of this movie i thought it was great <laughs> i think it rocketed in number one no pun intended it's really strong work uh but i need to subtract a few points <laughs> for the utter lack of humor in this film god dude this movie is bad i think that we I'm so okay. We've made it clear that we do not like this movie. We made clear what we don't like about this movie. It it wastes its goodwill. Its humor goodwill is totally wasted. Very much up front. It's a bummer, and it's it is a bummer. I'm very curious. How does this make you feel about the first one? Because you really like the first I one. I really it like currently the first sits one. at number three. But you are you being sarcastic when you say that it's made you kind of reevaluate how you feel about it? Well, it's funny because uh, there is a famous famous to me mm-hmm. pitchfork review of a latter-day weezer record that says this this record is so bad that it retroactively makes the first couple weezer records worse and when i read that in like 2006 or whatever i was like that's stupid that doesn't make sense i think i'm coming around on that way of thought because like this movie the thing that i liked so much in that first film was like the way that it kind of use some of the characters and like how inventive the world felt and how kind of full of possibility it was. And admittedly, this movie still feels full of possibility. There is a robot brothel and it coexists with Taserface. I haven't seen a world like that before. There are other Howard the Ducks in this film just yes, around. Like yes. there is a spacefaring because race that of jokes, ducks. That joke was so good. We well, needed but, to play like, it again. I guess that in this Marvel world, like the ducks are just a race of aliens. I don't know. It's still, but it's still like a reference joke. It is. That's it just is. like, but it, just, it, it is what it is. The movie kills all, like everything about that. I don't like about this movie is the same stuff that I don't like in the first one. So like, I am clearly just like a little bit more sensitive to it than you yeah. are. And then this movie like cranked it. Up. That's it, man. And just like this movie just doubles down on the wrong things. It's just bad. I, I it does kind of make me dislike the first one a little bit. Um, would it does it make you dislike it in any way that you would want to change the yeah, ranking? Yeah, maybe. Where, because wh- this would What's act- next to it right now? What right is the now, ranking? Read me the rankings. Right now the rankings are number 1. Let's just do like the first 5 so that you know. Or do you want me to just do the whole thing? No, give me the whole thing okay. cuz we're going to need to talk about where to put this too. All right, number 1 we have Captain America Civil War. Great number movie. 2 we have Iron Man the first Iron Man. Number 3 is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Number 4 is The Avengers. Number 5 is Captain America Winter Soldier. Number six is Iron Man 3. Number seven is Avengers Age of Ultron. Number eight is Doctor Strange. Number nine is Thor The Dark World. Number 10 is Captain America The First Avenger. Number 11 is Iron Man 2. Number 12 is Thor. Number 13 is Ant-Man. And then obviously all the way at number 23 with The Incredible Hulk. So I want, let's, just, let's just do the, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I would put this below Ant-Man personally. I would put this above Ant-Man and below Thor. I take that. All right. So that puts it at, what was the number? 13? Uh, yeah, this puts it at 13. All right. Because I, at least there are Drax jokes. <laughs> That's my subtitle for it. Like, I hope you care about Yondu. Here are some Drax jokes. Um, <laughs> uh, so wh- where would you put the, gar- would you want to keep Guardians of the Galaxy at number three? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed watching Guardians 1 more than I enjoyed watching Avengers 1 just because it was so surprising to me because I actually thought I was going to dislike it kind of. You know what I mean? I didn't know what to think of it when I was watching it. And it feels a little bit crazy to be like my newfound dislike for some of this has pushed it out. No, that's fair. But I was was mostly just curious. I kind of want to bump it, but the problem is I don't feel like avengers is the thing i would put there okay i've got a proposal for oh, i knew you're gonna do something like this what if we moved captain america yeah. winter soldier yeah. to number I, three I love it. <laughs> we drop everything else down yes <laughs> hell yeah that's exactly right because especially because winter soldier is improved because of civil war 
So yes. we're really we're really in some retcon town right now. Yeah, there's also the part of him that keeps wanting to move Iron Man two up, but I don't even know if that's worth like trying to do. <laughs> that gets so crazy. Yeah. But I kind of agree that like Iron Man two is like the unsung hero of the MCU. Yeah, and, but and it, it will still end so up, much. Yeah, it is like the actually most important movie. But I think that it will s- probably uh end up very close to the bottom of the yes. overall list but and that kind of makes sense because speaking of bad scenes set to music it does have that roadie tony fight i forgot about that that was awful <laughs> so bad that was really other bad. parts of that movie are really good yeah that's the iron man movies in a nutshell though like incredible parts and then guy pierce breathes fire well the first one is just front to back like strong movie Very, well, the, the ending of the first one is not i super love the great. end of the first oh you mean like the fight the fight yeah, yeah the fight's pretty bad fight that guy comes out of the ground <laughs> yeah there's a lot of going into and coming out of the ground in the marvel movies the early ones really like people yes. coming out of the ground they, they do that in hulk and they do that yeah. in that one all right so you want to hear the current rankings hit me at number one we have captain america civil war at number two we have iron man the first iron man at number three we have captain america the winter soldier i like it at number four or no yeah at number four we have guardians of the galaxies and at number five we have the avengers at number six we have iron man three at number seven we have avengers age of ultron eight doctor strange nine thor dark world 10 captain america first avenger 11 iron man 2 12 thor 13 guardians of the galaxy volume 2 14 ant-man and at 23 we have the incredible hulk which i kind of enjoyed watching more than guardians of the galaxy volume 2 but is maybe a worse movie there's no maybe about it (laughs) consider (laughs) there's nothing this movie didn't leave me as low as the Incredible Hulk did before Tony Stark showed up in the yeah. post credit thing. Like, the problem with the Incredible Hulk is your memory of it is so informed by Tony walking into that bar and you just being like, whoo, this feels right. Okay. <laughs> like, that's a very different vibe than the actual film you watched to get yeah. to that point. And it, and it pushed you so far down that when Tony Stark walks into a bar, you felt good. Um, do we want to talk about the post credit sequences? I, I don't feel like any of them have any bearing on the actual... Give me, give me a quick recap of each of them. Just bang through them, and I'm gonna, I'll, I okay. will hit you with a response. So uh, we have Sean Gunn takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow thing, and he's now like going to use Yondu's like, arrow. Oh, That's, yeah. Yeah, so, so he's maybe going to be in more movies. Uh, the, uh, according to Wikipedia, quote, <laughs> Ravager leader... Stakar Ogord reunites with his ex-teammates. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I, don't, I know we watched it, but I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, Groot has grown into a teenager. And that's kind of funny. That's, yeah, that's kind of That's cute. actually really funny. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good joke. It does beg questions about how, how quickly Groot grows up. but It does, but it does give you your best uh quill in the movie i feel like yes too. where he is suddenly like, kind of a he's dad. like kind of a dad to this teenager he has to deal and with him also self, missed yeah. opportunity for him to give groot a mixtape or something yeah um also i forgot to say that at the end of this movie is it in a post-credit thing where they give peter quill a zune yes or it's, it's at the very end of the movie and at it's the very like least. yeah kind of funny but also just like a zune joke yeah <laughs> it's an easy it's it's yeah fish in a barrel um <laughs> Uh, then we have Gold Lady creates a new artificial being with whom she plans to destroy the Guardians. She calls him Adam. And this one is like the actual... This is the most... This is mo- the most scenery kind of like yeah, thing that there it's is. It's like there's a new gold dude and he's badder than ever. The great gold hope. <laughs> and then uh, there's also a, a, a random point in the middle of this when people are flying around. There's a scene where you see Stan Lee on a planet talking to a bunch of watchers. Oh, yeah, and yeah. watchers are like these famous Marvel characters are from they? the comics. Yeah, there's like weird alien guys with the big heads. So and you see ultra that. self-aware. He is actually explaining the plot of Marvel movies to them. He yes. is like doing our podcast in space. Yes, which is it's it's one of the more clever sequences actually with Stan Lee. Definitely. But then they return to it too uh at the very end i think it's the last post credit is like him talking to them and then they just kind of like walk away yeah he's like i'm not done yet but i forgot because the first joke is actually bringing us back to iron man 2 or is it no it's not it's actually winter soldier what's the because he's saying like and in that one i was a fedex delivery man oh yeah uh or whatever but now actually that was civil Civil war War. yeah where he's at the end for for what was it mr (laughs) stank stank (laughs) mr stank 
<laughs> Better joke. I was. I like though that it does say something that our favorite part of this was Stanley telling us about a part in our favorite movie. <laughs> Like that's dark, recapping, dude. yeah. Recapping. Stanley reminds us of something that happened in the one we like the most, and we're like, "Well, that's the best part of this movie." Uh, um, we have Spider Man next, though. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I am genuinely. I amped. like the Tom Holland. He's a good. He's a good Peter Parker. He is. We'll get more uh, Marissa Tomei. We'll get a little bit more. I think Tony's in it is too. He? Yeah, he probably would be. Actually, I hear that Gwyneth Paltrow also returns, and I've been watching the Are Goop you Lab. So. Uh, I'm primed for that. Does she actually? I think she does. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man. Because I've heard... So, I... Yeah. So... Are you, are you going to give me some Pepper. spoilers here? No, it's not a spoiler. But she famously has forgotten... Yeah, which movie she in was many in. of these movies. Which you would. I mean... I mean yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, especially because she kind of drops off after a while. Well, and she's not like the main person. It's not like she's on the poster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I think that she's like in it briefly or something. Yeah, she's like a sense. cameo. Well, um, that'd be weird though, because then they would be back together, which they have not been together no not for a bit but i mean they might i think that the goal is to bring them back together because like tony and pepper is kind of like you know it's like yeah but for archie that to happen, and jughead yep <laughs> for a that to happen couple. off screen would be kind of weird uh, i don't know i i think that the movies are increasingly less concerned with tony's love life <laughs> yeah but also there's no more tony movies which is kind of oh, weird. Yeah, there aren't any more, like, except for, like, the Avengers ones. So you kind of have to do it. Yeah, you kind of have to cram it in where you yeah. can. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for Spider-Man. I think that one will be fun. I mean, given the I like Spider-Man Spi- that yeah. was in Civil War, I'm it, really looking forward to this. Yeah. And uh, Spider-Man is just such a good character. Yeah, he's just great. endlessly so. And they really nailed the writing on him in Civil War. Like, yeah. I thought he was genuinely funny and charming. So. And it was it was swift and expedient. And also, yes. I just, like, like high school movies. Yep. So, anything where there's going to be, like, the weirdness of, like, high school kids just, like, being awkward, yep. I'm all there. And he's got cool power. Man, Spider-Man's a cool character. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I like it. So, yeah, you playing any video games? We have to uh, dive back into Outer Wilds at some point. Yeah, we do. And I, I've just actually I started playing some of Breath of the Wild again. Oh, right. On a, on the, the biggest on my TV, big TV you've ever played which it on. I, I forgot that I like I realized the other weekend that I hadn't played yeah. Breath of the Wild on this big TV I got. I bet even without like an HDR thing going on, I bet it's beautiful to look at. You know, though. it's actually weird. It looks worse than I remember. Oh, really? That's actually the it actually kind of bummed me out. It looks a little washed out in a way. And that's I can't tell bad. if that's like the input on the TV if I yeah. need to screw around with it, but it just doesn't visually it is less impressive than I remember, but like mechanically it's still really cool. Yeah. It's still very very good. That's um such I a just great want game. a version of it that looks better. Because I'm noticing things like pop in and, and stuff that I don't remember noticing the first time through. I mean, that's got to be inevitable. If you think that this thing was made also for the Wii U, yeah. like just when the whenever the sequel to Breath of the Wild comes out, that's going to be a prettier game. I'm so curious about that game. I, I'm just very excited that it exists. Playing, playing Breath of the Wild again, it, I'm very intrigued because I kind of don't know. You would have to do some pretty serious stuff to seriously improve it yeah you know like i i don't know where those areas are um but we'll see what have you been playing um i like i mentioned earlier <laughs> i've been playing <laughs> that game with the muppet with the gun <laughs> yeah how's that game uh that game is this is force is this force uh it's unleashed star- no no <laughs> star wars jedi fallen fallen order, order. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's it's good. Like it's definitely got like some soulsy in combat, but it's much easier. I'm playing it that's like Dark the, Souls. Yeah. Okay. D- yeah, Dark Souls. That's what I mean by soulsy in. Hello Dark Souls, my old friend. Yeah, Soulsborn combat. Yeah. Whatever. It's got like a little bit of that, but it's very light. It's L I T E. Um souls so like it's fun enough uh it's a the exploration is actually really good they've done they built some good levels like when you loop back in a larger world sure sure that always feels good then they they're very good at doing that they've built some really good levels um there's just like a few mechanical things that just feel either underbaked or um 
unfinished mm-hmm. and like i'm relatively forgiving of that for the most part because like it controls well it's a respawn game and for their first third person title with that's not a shooter in any way like there's no there's no guns in this yeah. other than the the muppet you're a lightsaber man you're a lightsaber man and the lightsaber is fun that's cool yeah so like you know it's it's a solid game it's like a good way to like while away some time for sure yeah the sort of game that might not exist anymore like a licensed property yes. that's above average yes exactly um i mean just uh, respawn makes good games they are the best thing ea has going yeah like think about that think about the immense pressure that you must feel as respawn as ea just like fails to do anything (laughs) other outside of your organization like do you remember when bioware was the only thing ea had going and so suddenly they renamed every studio to bioware and they were like god about that yeah yeah they were like a bioware canada is making command and conquer 12 and stuff like that that was a terrible move and i'm really aware texas is making our soccer game this year like legitimately yeah. like the only thing they didn't rename was i think those sports teams yeah I, whatever I makes madden tiburon used to make madden okay. i wonder if they've renamed that to like ea vancouver or something stupid probably um but uh yeah man i'm, I'm worried about respawn because i'm sure that ea just looks at them and just sees a fat dollar sign yeah and just licks its lips. I hope <laughs> everyone's doing okay there. Yeah, I do too. Because, yeah, they're probably going to be leaning on them hard for any kind of returns. Yeah. Are there any games coming out this year that you're looking forward to? Doom. Yeah, that's coming out. They're making a not new too long. Doom yeah, game. It's like in April or something. I'm excited to watch uh, the unveils for these new consoles. I want to see yes. I want to see a press conference. I want people out on stage in baggy pants. I want them sitting on the stage showing me some video games. I want I want like 100% 2006s here. The internet is fresh. Like this exec from Microsoft just shaved his head and he's ready to show you the future. That's what I want. I don't want like some half-hearted like adult like let me show you entertainment thing you know what yeah. i mean i don't want some corporate action i want something where we paid keanu reeves and his dog 10 grand to come and stand on yeah the stage. i want like i want stupid demonstrations like i want to have somebody like play a symphony for me on stage while keanu reeves literally shoots like dummies on stage with an actual gun and then they like fade to black and they're like John Wick game and then they have a dude play it like I want I want to see them play things on stage I want old school E3 remember, press conferences like, it was like Microsoft conference last year and they had all these computers I remember and on stage and it was just like what are they going to do with these turns out nothing I want to see the realization of that I want it to be terrible I want it to be like I either need it to be genuinely impressive or I need it to be giant enemy crab ridge yeah. racer. <laughs> like I need, <laughs> I need <laughs> that dude on cut. stage <laughs> going five ninety nine, and just the silence <laughs> in the audience at the PlayStation conference for the PlayStation three. If you've never seen that, whoo, it's good. It yeah. is good. I don't man. think most of our listeners were uh, alive for that. That's probably true. Yeah. All right, well, I'll see you at uh, E3, I guess. Yeah, I look forward to it.